0: from The Hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to The Hills Church. We thank you for all that you have started in our hearts. We thank you for making our hearts to ground this morning. Amen. We thank you that our hearts are receptive of your word, that as the of the, your word this morning. will be planted in our hearts because every fallow ground is broken up this morning because every every dry ground is watered by the seed of your word by the by the rain of your word in the name of jesus we decree that hearts are focused on you jesus our lord we decree that understandings that have been darkened are opened by reason of, of the move of your Spirit this morning in the name of Jesus. We decree that we see you and we become more like you, Jesus. We thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. How are you doing? <laughs> I just really want to give honor to all of these two this morning. I want to say thank you to my Heavenly Father, to the Trinity actually, for bringing me in contact with Pastor Moses. Um, I met Pastor Moses um, at a time when I had a lot of questions, especially regarding um, ministry. Of course, I knew I was saying when I was going to heaven. But Moses doesn't know, but he he there was something and um, God showed me when we were worshiping. I saw like priests, so I saw like men who were in white, right? But then they were like dumb, juicy. So they were just like on the ground, and God was telling me that it's time for um, priests, right, to arise. So that was the picture He showed me, and um. Pastor Moses, um, okay, so God set me up <laughs> and this week mm-hmm. on Tuesday morning, um, so Tuesday morning um, I was making breakfast and then the wheelchair was like, oh, Pastor Moses, call Pastor Moses and everything, and then, so we're in the car and I was like, oh, I just said I should call Pastor Moses, you know, so I, I called Pastor Moses, no, Pastor Moses was, you know, touch the world, you know, we need to do this, we need to do that. And he was like, well, I was going to call you last night. So I was like, oh, you know, I was really excited, like, oh, wow, you know, um, I'm flowing with the heavenly agenda. (laughs) Uh, And he said, I was going to call you last night, we're going to do touch the world, right? Well, I was going to tell you that you would be ministering on Sunday. And I was like, uh oh, like, (laughs) no, like I was so sure God asked me to call you, but then, um, not to minister on Sunday. And it's, it's, it's really spectacular that the very scripture that he mentioned to me is not in the book of Romans, but is the very scripture that God has been speaking to me about. And um, when he said that, I was like, oh, you know, I was really excited. I like, oh, yeah, sure, I have a word, you know. But one of the significant things he said was, um, I sense that it is time. And throughout the week, like, I've gotten so many words from so many different people. And he's just said that there's so much content in you. And God is setting you for a lot of people to speak up. And um, of course, God is going to redeem nations through you. And God is. Chema gave me a word. Chema said that she saw, um, um, she saw, um, yeah, a river of gold flowing in in woodlands. Right? That was it. So it was like a forest of sorts, and then a river of gold. And you know, I was even coming to realize this morning that the gospel is actually the treasure, but the gospel is actually. You know the river of gold, and it, it, it was so amazing, like that word was like so, so amazing, so like in lot of things have happened in this season because someone has really been instrumental in 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 lifting up the priest in me, like he comes here and says, oh, Pastor Darren, this, and, and stuff like that, but the truth about it is that I've actually been going through a lot of identity issues, and I know that God is going to Shine a lot of light in a lot of hearts this morning. Amen. That's why it was important for me to sing that. And um, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> 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 so a couple of years ago, um, we we talked to pray for our husband, right? And um, so. They were like, okay, so what, what do you desire in your husband? And I was like, I don't design anything like that. I desire whatever goes you, slaves and all. And then we are taught to make a list. People will make a list and pray that wins. will bring your husband, uh, you know, that kind of thing. He'll find you. And I made a list. I had 14 things on that list. Yeah. I don't know how many people have lists list here or if you ever made a list. But then, um, um, God made me understand very recently that all I needed was a husband, right? And um, as a person, you for, you you fulfill your mandate, and so everything on that list were the things that a husband should actually be, and I'll explain. Who is a husband man? A husband man is someone that tends a nursery, isn't? It? A, um, someone that tends, so a, a nurturer, right? So weeds show up, he removes it. That's what they call you know protection and all, um, watering it, um, fertilize, right? And so I found that a lot of us Christian girls, a lot of us, who made so many lists. But guess what? What we actually needed was a husband. Right, and um, God gave me a husband, God gave me um, a a lover of my soul. Right, um, many men love a lot of things, but God gave me someone that tends my soul. You know, the Bible talks about good ground, ground that's receptive to the word of God. Around that, PS, um thirty fold, sixty fold, right? Um, yeah, a hundred fold, uh, because it is receptive to the word of God. And I found that it is the husband's rule to to till the ground of the wife's heart. Every time you 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 go to Jesus, he's thinking about how to. Present you without spot blemish or wrinkle. He's thinking about how to. And this spot blemish or wrinkle is is not to do with your clothes. It's to do with the state of your heart. And I just sense God, you know, asking, you know, asking the men in the house, what what does what's the success look like to you in your role as a husband? One of the things this always says to me is. He, he desires to see me come into the fullness of what Christ has made me. For him, like that is success as a husband. You know, everything that God has put inside of me will come out and and, will, and would replenish the earth and subdue it and all those things that God promised us. And um, you might not be married today but what do you really see like in a woman? Do you love her soul? Do you Do you tend, do you take on that role to to make sure that a heart is good ground, to receive from the Father? Do you you take on that role to make sure that every seed that is planted is protected, you know, um, foxes, right? Foxes usually rats, you know, bush rats and all those things, you know, run into the farm. No, are are you, do, do you see the potential woman that you're going to get married to as someone that you're going to protect her heart? From foxes and from from all kinds of weeds and funny seeds. The wind blows, right, and it carries a lot of things. Would it carry it? Would wind carry it into her heart? Or do you see that place as a place that should be protected, that should be guarded, so that everything that God has planted in our heart to be fulfilled? I just sense that God wanted me to take a bit of time to mention that today. That a husband is a husband is a nurturer, and you should be comfortable in that role and mark success based on that. Like, am I being a husband? Am I tilling the ground? Praise God. I see some husbands shifting in their seat so. <laughs> Move on. Praise God. So we're discussing um, from Adam to Christ this morning. Let's just says, um Ephesians five. Ephesians five, uh, five to twenty-seven. Twenty-five to twenty-seven. Twenty-five. Yeah. Let's read together one to go. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, to make her holy. washing with water through the world. 27. And to present and her to God, the Christian church, without, without staying for evil, and holy in very, very simple. That's who your husband is, and from who you are, you do everything that you do. Praise God. Amen. So I've been studying the Book of Romans, and um, when Pastor Moses, so I think three weeks ago, Pastor Moses um, introduced the Book of Romans and said, you know, we should take out time to study on um, to, to read through, right? Um to read through shouldn't take you more well, than two hours. time. that Monday and you know, I had the opportunity so I read through um the book of Romans. And so when I told Stacey that oh Mr Moses called me was Sunday he was like um, no wonder like you read the entire book of um, Romans. Uh. I read, right? It took me about let's say an hour and a half. And it was a very good experience. It's good that all of us actually take out time to just like read, really get into the details of okay, what happened here, what happened, who said what, and stuff like that. But um, of course we need to go um, through studying it together, asking real questions, and um, meditating. When, when we talk about study, we talk about um, chewing, that's like taking in information, um, thinking about it, like, like tearing it apart, right? Um, asking questions, okay, what did this person mean, what did that person mean, and um, digesting it again, once you have the answers to those questions, you see, and so, um, we am going to be reading Romans chapter 5, and verse 12, we're talking about from Adam to Christ, A so very, very simple message. 11, let's see 11 to 17. Okay. One to go? Mm-hmm. Not only in but we also rejoice in God in- through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Therefore, the sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men, because all sinned. For before the law was given, sin was in the world. But sin is not taken into account when there is no law. But nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses. Even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as the Adam, who was the pattern of the one to come, that is the Adam to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gifts that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Again, the gift of God is not like the result of the one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For even by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man. How much more will those receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life? Through the one man, Jesus Christ. Praise God. Amen. Do we understand what we're <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> so basically the entire book of Romans is talking about um, from, from darkness to light, from being estranged from God to being lost in him, being, living a life through him. And so the entire book of Romans is, is a letter, right? Talking about who you were, and then who who God has made, and um, who Christ is, like who you are now in Christ, right? Praise God. And so um, chapter five, so chapter three, I think it talks about circumcision or something in chapter 4. And then he's talking, here he's talking about who Adam is and who Jesus is. And he's it's talking about how we received um, the nature of Adam. And it says that Adam was um, a, a foreshadow of the Adam to come, right? And um, when we receive of his abundant grace, then we become like Jesus Christ. It's clear, right? Praise God. So we're going to go to First Corinthians 15 verse 1. So one of the things God um, shared with me at the retreat was, actually birth in me was, um, I don't know if it's a platform or a ministry or something, but it's called KISS, right? So Have you ever heard of keep it simple stupid? Right? So, um, what he said was keep it simple supra. Right? So we use the supernatural to explain the word of God, to explain the love of God in its simplicity. One of the reasons that people um, remain um, I don't know if it's babes, under the law, right? Um, One of The reasons people remain timid Christians is because they don't understand the simplicity of the gospel. Um, One of the reasons we don't pass on the gospel is because we feel it's too complicated. For I mean, where will we start from? You know. Um, One of the reasons we don't explain the gospel is because we even feel that. We haven't understood the gospel. Somehow we be oh we are believers. Okay, we won't go to hell. We won't go to you know. But then you you there's still something in us that makes us feel like oh uh, we don't really understand this thing. How can I pass it? Or what if I pass on the wrong thing? That's one of the fears. Um, The enemy had been throwing at me for a very long time. Like, what if I pass on the wrong thing? What if I say something and somebody believes the wrong thing? What if religion enters? What if we get into error? What if this, this, this? And the enemy is always throwing stones. That's one of the things that we need to understand. And so that day, um, as I lay on the floor, the Holy Spirit was like, keep it simple, super. And he actually, like, he just flashed, like, the dogo in front of me, like, um, videos or something, just more or less sharing the gospel like in its simplicity. Anybody that subscribes just sees that. This is what the gospel is, and this how I can be part of it. And it's very simple, and it is for me. It's not just for a, a select few, right? So we're going to be reading what the gospel is, right? One to go. I think we're reading to verse 3 or something, or 4. Let's read. One to go. that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Yeah, He appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. After that he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time. Most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Praise God. And so 1 Corinthians 15. Um the beginning part shows us the simplicity of the gospel. What is the gospel that Paul had preached to them? Because this is another um, letter, right? Romans is written to Christians, yes. yes, And Corinthians is also written to Christians, so it, it applies to us, right? And so, what was the gospel that he preached to them? He says that it is that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. So of course the people he was speaking to knew what had been promised, James, that Isaiah has prophesied, this other person has prophesied, this other person has prophesied. So when you see him saying according to the scriptures, it means like, oh, this has been fulfilled. You know, some people were still awaiting their Messiah, right? But then Paul was saying that this is the gospel, this is the good news, this is a thing, this is a gold treasure, this is the thing that I passed on to you, right? That Christ um, died for our sins. And he says, by this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. And saved here, I didn't check um, this particular saved, but one of the translations of um, um, safety or being saved, right, in in the Bible is soteria. And it means um, safety, salvation, deliverance, and preservation, right? So you experience all of these if you hold firmly to the word that was preached. You see why we need to guard our heart? You see why we need to meditate on the word of God? So Paul has preached these people, and he's writing a letter why because he's no longer with them, isn't it? And so you would experience the glory of salvation. You will experience the glory of who your new man is if you hold firmly. The hold firmly there, unfortunately we don't have a, a concordance, but holding firmly to the word of God is, is basically so there's something um, from the first day I met him he talks about fixing your gaze. As a matter of fact he says uh, fix your gaze on the lamp lane. <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> fix your gaze on the lamp lane. Somebody bought you with a price. Somebody bought you that you may have life. Fix your gaze on that. That's when you enjoy deliverance. That's when you enjoy um, protection, safety, right? That's when you enjoy preservation. And so sometimes we don't, we, we, we don't look like um, the new man, isn't it? And, and it's because we don't hold firmly to the word that has been preached to us. Praise God. And what is the word? The word is very, very, very simple. Like, very simple. That what? Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Um, Verse 4. He was buried. He was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. That is the gospel. Very, very simple. What is the significance of his death? The Bible says that um, in, in the book of Romans it says that we are, we are dead with him and we are, we, are, we are buried with him and we are risen in him the bible says that the wages of sin is death I think that's in Romans as well but basically the wages of sin is death so what it means is if you have sin the consequence, what follows sin is like um, sin, death Jesus, so they yeah, are together, right? And if we all believe that Christ did not sin, if we all believe that um, he even had an immaculate conception, some people don't believe Christ was human. Some people believe there was God walking the earth. You know, <laughs> but the truth about it is that if you believe that, first of all, that's why the 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 the, 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 the four gospels are there. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They show us. You see, um. I feel like she explained this. The entire Bible talks about um, God's love story to us, right? Many of us don't understand, and I, I, I also um, fell into that category. Um, don't really understand when we study the Bible. I just feel like, okay, this one is for some people. This one, maybe for the pastors to interpret. This one is for some people. But if you see the entire Bible as a love story written to you, I'm going somewhere. So, a love story written to you. The moment you open it, you're trying to figure out what was God doing. Now, God's expression of love is in sending Jesus Christ. And that's why we're talking about the first Adam. Who he was and all the wonderful things, and the second, and then the second Adam Christ, right? Who he who, um, he is and all the wonderful things. So God's um, expression of love to us is in giving us Jesus Christ. Everything that we see in the in the Old Testament is a picture of what God was doing and what God was set to do in making us like Him, like Christ. The Bible says that we have um, the same inheritance with Christ. That inheritance is actually the nature of God. Praise God. And so I'm trying to remember how I got here. And so, yes, so if Christ, so the the Matthew, Mark, Luke, John were written so that we'll see how um, Christ came to the earth. It more or less proves that Jesus Christ walked the earth as a human being. Otherwise people would just say "Oh, God just came, save man. You you understand that kind of thing. But then it just shows that Christ walked the earth. right? Now if you believe that he's walking through the earth he didn't um, sin right? And he was also um, born of immaculate conception meaning that it wasn't the seed of his father that that birthed him and all of that. And um, there's actually a way Children are born and um, their blood doesn't mix with their mothers, right? So what it means is that Christ was without the blood of man, right? So he, he walked around without sin and he died. The significance of that is that what now killed him if the wages of sin is death? So what killed him? How come he died? Because the gospel is very, very simple. Three things. Christ died. Christ was buried. Christ rose again. So what's my business with if he died? What's the significance of that? You're telling me it's simple. So, so how do how is it simple? Somebody's sin killed Christ, right? That's why his death is important. Okay. So Christ died. So somebody's sin, right? Killed him. He was buried. The Bible in other um, books and all of that explain what happened when Christ was buried. The ordeal and everything. How he went and he took the keys of death. And he took all those things. And the book of Romans even talks about that. How he took us from death to life. Right? Now, if sin killed Christ and... Do we all believe that Christ is alive? Okay, that means the gospel is simple. Good. So, if he's alive, and the wages of sin is death. What does that imply? Anybody? Everybody? That means he conquered death. What does he conquer? Sin. You're shy to say. What happened to the sin? How can he be alive? How? What happened to the sin? It's gone, right? It's so difficult to believe. That's what makes the gospel very simple. If Christ could die, and all of us in this room believe that He was without sin, the Bible says that if um, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all unto me, and that 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 prophecy talks about. Christ being lifted up on the cross and if he's lifted up on the cross that place actually talks about him drawing all judgment to himself and so we all agree that Christ was of immaculate conception, we all agree that he came to earth, right? We all agree that at 33 he still did not sin right? But he died, why? Because he was put on, a, on the cross and if he was put on the cross he attracted all all of the judgment is very difficult for us to believe. So he destroyed sin. Are you really serious? But guess what? That's the simplicity of the gospel, and that's the wonder of the gospel, and that's the miracle of the gospel. Amen. So he attracted the sin to himself, and he took it um, to, to yeah to, to Hades, and um, he was there for three days, and he he got the keys of of um, Death and hell, right? And he's risen. A lot of us are so, you know, passionate about the fact that, oh, I'm so dead, so the stripes, this, this. But guess what? The stripes, fantastic. The death is recorded in all kinds of books, the Bible and everywhere in the four Gospels. The death is recorded. But guess what? He's risen. That is the power of the gospel. Something happened to that sin, and the moment we all believe it, we experience the power of the gospel. Amen. Amen. Christ conquered sin, and so Romans six even talks about how we are dead to sin and we are alive to God. What it means is that when sin calls, like you don't respond. Do you see? Yes. Yeah. What you respond to is God. That's right. Do you see yes, 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 what do you think? that's who you are remember i was talking about identity a husband is someone that is a husband right a christian somebody that is born again is somebody that responds to god so you say oh all things are passed away all things have become you <laughs> you're just wondering like oh all things are passed away guess what? All things are passed away. The first Adam has been dealt with. The old nature is gone. There's some things that I hear and I'm just like, no, 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 no. this can't be. And taking maybe like one month to ruminate on it. Like, no way. Like, seriously. So why do we still have sin in the world? So what is going on? So Do you understand what I'm saying? And I just trust that the Holy Spirit will bring us into believing this. That we are above sin. That he that is from above is above all. And we will walk in this and would we'll experience the power of the gospel. And so that's first Corinthians 15, the beginning part. So we're going to go to um towards the end, like forty-two. It's the same letter. Paul um, is writing to them. Yeah, count yourselves dead to sin. So the responsibility is on you. Recon yourselves dead to sin. Like, I am dead to sin. <laughs> I am dead to sin. So some people will come and say, tell you things like, oh, you know, we are all sinners. No, <laughs> I am dead to sin. Like, I don't respond to sin. No. I am alive to God. Hallelujah. Amen. And so 42 says, Okay, yes. Amplified forty one. So we we've had a session before and we just we discussed Bible study. So for you to understand the entire letter it's always important to read. Kind of like like read the whole thing, but it's like it's something verses, so that's why we're not reading the entire thing. And the stars are glorious in their own, for star deference? Okay, so let's just read. One to go. The sun is glorious in one way, the moon is glorious in another way, and the stars are glorious in their own distinctive way. For one star differs from, and surpasses another in its beauty and brilliance. Who it is with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown imperishable and decays, but the body that is resurrected is imperishable, immune to decay, immortal. It is sown in dishonor and humiliation, it is raised in honor and glory, it is sown in infirmity to restore the dead to life. So the second Adam wasn't wasn't just about him. Do you see what I mean? It was about restoring many to life, right? And then the first Adam is earthly, and the second Adam is from heaven. We all believe that, right? And then the first Adam life from there, and the second Adam we got immortal life. Praise God. But something the Holy Spirit was um, breaking down to me about. Um, the second Adam. The second, the, the second Adam was a life giving spirit. And um once you're translated from the kingdom of darkness, once you're once you're translated from the the first Adam nature, right? It means that you're you're higher. So there's the microbial life, there is the animal life, there is the There's the plant life, there's the animal life, there's the human life, right? And then there's the God life. Do you see? So, these are the the levels, right? So, a lot of us are satisfied with the human life, right? But there is the God life. And this is what Jesus came to bring to us. This is very, very simple. It is Zoe. It is the life of God flowing in us. It is an opportunity, as Mary said, to see the unseen. It is an opportunity to live far above all. All of us in this room agree that there is a God and He is unlimited. Right? So it is an opportunity for us to be unlimited in everything, in every regard. Not just the day we go to heaven. It's like unlimited, like a limitless life from now. Praise God. And um, one of the things God was um, sharing with me is the second Adam, the moment we, we received Christ, the moment we believed in those three things, that he died and took away our sin and he, he was lifted up, we become life-giving spirits. We, 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 we become, so, so there are three words, life-giving spirit. Can you say I'm a life-giving spirit? I'm a life-giving spirit. I'm a life-giving spirit. I'm a life-giving spirit. Do you actually believe that? Yeah. So the key thing there is that it is in your spirit that you give life. Do you see? The Bible even talks in another place about the 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 letter keeping and the spirit giving life. But here it's it's talking about how we are life givers. And it starts from our spirit. Do you see it? So the only way that you can give life starts from paying attention to your spirit. And one of the things he said about the the second Adam was that he thrives in intimacy. And so there is a condition that your spirit man has to be in to thrive to express her her um, limitlessness for lack of a better word your supernatural powers your abilities the fruits of the spirit all of these things are in your spirit right but the only way you can express it is in intimacy with the father in the one that translated you that made you life to him. Praise God. And so there are a lot of reasons why um, people are are life-giving spirits but then they don't give life. So the third point I'm going to make. At the retreat God shared something with me. He said I should put my hands on my eyes right during a worship. That's torrent retreats I'm talking about. And then I, I put my hands on my eyes and he said, What do you see? So what are you looking at? And he said, Do you look at your past or do you look at me? So that's what he asked me. And of course we all agree today, based on the, the conversations we had in our group, that you become like whoever you look at. So whatever you see in the mirror, you adjust to it. Juicy, you, you know. So you say, Oh, my hair, I think I should, you know, brush it so you know. So whatever it is you look at, you adjust to which your heart becomes more like it. Praise God. And, and so, he was like, do you look at your past or do you look at me? And he said, men don't want to see your past. Men want to see me. He now said that. Do you do you see your weakness in your experiences or do you see me? So, it was more or less like he rephrased it that men want to hear about your experience but they want to hear about me in your experiences they want to hear redemption they want to hear victory that the bible promised us right so they don't want to hear oh he's a christian oh he's struggling with this nobody wants to hear that that's like the norm already right they want to hear something supernatural they want to hear something higher and so you ask me what do you see what are you looking at and so um That was when Ambassador came to meet me afterwards. And so he said that, he he now asked me to put my hands on my belly, and he said, I promised you that out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And he said, if I promised it and you believe it, then you need to expect it. And he said, the only way that these rivers of living water can actually flow out is if you look at me. Because he is the river. The Bible talks about washing of the water by by the word. He is the word. The only way that the word of God will flow out of you is if you look on the word of God. Praise God. Is it still simple? Good. So, life-giving spirit, intimacy. So some of us will now say, okay, let's look on the word of God. Oh, let's study the Bible. Three, Three chapters, I was slipping off. Oh, Father, forgive me. No. Remember, your spirit thrives in intimacy. And so, an understanding that first things first, you were wicked. That's what the Bible calls us. We were estranged from him. Do you know what that means? That means like, we're disconnected. Like, we didn't even recognize him. Do you see what I mean? And he already gave all of that. He already attracted your sin to him. He already made provision that you can live like him on earth. The Bible says, as he is, in heaven, yes, so are we in this world, in this world. hallelujah Amen. and so if you already made a provision, best believe that he's expecting you to be intimate with him so one of the reasons why we never really the, the waters don't gush out do you see, like flow out like rivers of living water and he said that these rivers of living water belong to everyone and what what he called it objects of love. That's what he said. That everyone we come in contact with is an object of his love. And what he said was every day when you wake up, expect to give off living water. So that's what he said. And it can only happen in intimacy with him. Now, we're not going to, um, you know, make the intimacy seem very mysterious. Intimacy is very simple. Knowing that you have a loving father that wants to spend time with you, that's the first thing. So, he's a loving father, he's constantly speaking to you, he's constantly saying loving things. And remember, the enemy keeps throwing stones, right? Another way um, God helped me to describe it yesterday was, he, he sends fairy darts, that's what the Bible calls it. So, you know these arrows that have like fire on them, and then when they go there, it's more or less like it just cause chaos in the camp if you watch all those... Um, um, in said, yeah, war movies and all. You know what happens, like when they start firing the arrows. And so remember that the enemy will always send that. But guess what? The, the, you have a loving father that wants to have intercourse, fellowship with you. Jesus Christ was praying for his disciples and he said, I pray that they will be one with you. The, the, um, that they will be one. And people always interpret that as, as um, that they will be united. But guess what? If you read that entire thing, you see that he was talking about us. I am in you. As I am one with you, that there will be one. How is that possible? It's not by when you believe that you have a religious father that is so strict, so stern, and so mean, and has glorious plans, but guess what? You don't measure because you're so ugly. No. It, it, it happens by you believing that he's a loving father, and he has made you like him. Remember, the Bible says that no one comes to Jesus except the Father draws him. So guess what? The fact that you are born again means that the Father drew you. Right? And we've also come to believe that God speaks to men of God. Right? Who is a man of God? Who is a man of God? (laughs) Okay. <laughs> Master Fred is a man of God I'm a man of God Go ahead I'm a man of God It's an identity thing I'm a man of God God is constantly speaking to people that are alive to him So guess what It's very very simple Just drown out the noise and plug it He's constantly speaking we tried an exercise, we tried, you know, like, just pick somebody in the room, and then, you know, go home and let God tell you about the first day, and come back the next day and, and, and share, and guess so what? when I went home, you know, God was telling me that, oh, there's this girl, um, some partnership with a Caucasian man, and she should look beyond that partnership because she, um, because it's, it's more of a continental ministry, and I was like, how weird. I'm not going to say that. And so later in the evening, because we we're told to pray, so I went and I was like, Oh, Father Lord, you have to give me a word. I'm so tired. I need to sleep. So you have to give me a word so that at least I have something to say tomorrow. And he was like, Hello, I've already told you what to say. Like, I've already told you. And the next thing, like, we get into the meeting, and I'm like, yeah, so I have a word for you. And God says that there's this Caucasian man, and this, 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 and I, and I finished what I was saying. And of course, I, I, when I finished everything, I was saying, of course, I even did it, I was like, um, I'm not even really sure God spoke to me, blah, blah, blah. I'm not sure what I heard was really weird and stuff. And when I finished everything, she was like, that's not a strange word i gotten that word before. And I was like, well, what are the odds? Like, we don't talk at all. Like, what are the odds that the father... So this is how I explain it, and it's very, very simple. And it is scriptural, actually. The father is having board meetings. Do you know what happens at board meetings? What? We can decisions. It's usually quiet. It's usually... High level, it's usually deep, it's usually meaningful, right? And He has given you the opportunity, like Mary said, to see the unseen, to, to, to come into that board meeting, to listen in, to contribute. He has delegated some to you, and He says, Go and give off living water. And then we're just like okay, I don't know if God talks to me I don't know how to pray When I pray I sleep off No The father is constantly inviting us To spend time with him It's nothing new It's just demystifying it It's just simplifying what we've learned Intimacy with God You can go out every day And this is what God said to me He said there are 5 billion souls in the world Every year a minimum of hundred million children are going to be given birth to praise God are you interested in what you're discussing in the boardroom i can share it with you I'm sure you confirm it he has told you this year a hundred million children are going to be given birth to what is your plan to give them living water it might be giving it might be given um one of the craziest guys in your office, living water, that might be your strategy to reach out to the 100 million children that are going to be giving birth to this year. Remember that you're reaching them with the gospel, and the gospel is very simple. Without it, the Bible says that they are doomed already. Do you see? But with it, the Bible says that they've been raised from death to life. How many of us are interested are you interested in giving off living water? It's it's not religious in any way. In your boardroom meeting, maybe you don't like a um, boardroom, maybe you like swimming game. <laughs> because they like sitting on like the father's love. Praise God. <laughs> what do you what do you like in your chilling zone or in your swimming time with the Lord? Because when you shut your eyes, he shows you pictures. In your swimming time with the Lord, what is he sharing with you? You might see it as insignificant, or you might see it as um, I don't measure up. So there are three reasons why we don't give life, right? One, feelings of unworthiness, right? You just feel like, oh, my lifestyle doesn't really match up. Maybe when I fix myself, how many of us have that thought? When I fix myself, I'll be able to communicate, you know, what the Father is saying. I need to be legit to be valid. People would, would respond to that. And to that lie of the enemy that you are not worthy, first things first, he paid the perfect price. You know, it's different when something costs a thousand dollars and somebody pays $650. The Bible says that you were bought with the price, your soul was redeemed. And and, and so to that lie, the, the Bible says that you have been made, we have been made. Abel means, I think it's in First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3 or something. Oh, 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 oh. No, 2 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3 or something like that. We have been made able ministers of reconciliation. That's the first thing you should believe. So now you believe the gospel, now you understand the gospel, but you feel like you're not worthy to give off living water. You feel like you're not worthy. Why are you talking about 100 million people? Where would I get them from? How do I go about it? The Bible says that we have been made. Is it there? Able Ministers of Reconciliation. I don't know, maybe 2 Corinthians 12 or 10 or something. But that is the truth of God's word. Paul is writing to the Corinthian church, and he's saying that God has made them. Able ministers of reconciliation. That's who you are. So, how what would be your response if you knew you were maybe a minister of health, for example? You'd be made a minister of reconciliation, it is who you are. So get rid of the lie that, oh, remember, he's gonna keep throwing stones, he's gonna keep sending fairy that oh, you're not worthy, or you didn't pray enough, or you didn't study enough. That's the second thing. We all believe that. A lot of us believe that we are ignorant of the gospel. Or we are ignorant as to what the Father is doing. And it's already simple. Like, we've already discussed that. To so that, very simple. Keep the gospel very simple. Second Corinthians 1, chapter 5, verse 18, talks about us being able ministers of reconciliation. You have to believe it. You know, there are ministers of defense. What are those ministers we have? Ministers of of education, of health, of interior, of enjoyment, pardon? (laughs) of transport. Do you actually... (laughs) Ministers of enjoyment, how about that? The Bible says that you are an able minister, not an incompetent one. The Bible says that he has made us what? Who, through Jesus Christ, reconciled us to himself, received us into favor, brought us into harmony with himself, and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. Into harmony with him. He gave it to us. The ministry. There's a, script, a, a, a translation that says able ministers. Like, we're actually able, like we are, we are equipped for the task. Why glory because of the Holy Spirit that is inside of us? Hallelujah, Amen. And um, finally, um, fear of rejection. You um, feel like well, if you pass, if you if you if you um, give living water to this person, or it won't make any difference, or um, they will throw it away, or they seed won't germinate, or whatever. But guess what? When on um, when a ground is is hard. right? This is just a picture that came to me. When a ground is hard, um, hasn't been planted on for a while. There's something we're taught in um, secondary school about um, crop rotation. right? When you plant a nitrogen given, a a, a crop that releases nitrogen into the soil, such that... um, so also, once you deplete the nitrogen on the ground, you have to leave a few years fallow on the ground, and then uh, last, like, after one two years, you come back to plant the ground again. The ground becomes super hard, so the ground must be broken first before you plant after the fallow season. So that's bush right? So what happens is you leave the ground fallow and then you come back later. There's, there was another strategy they gave us in school, crop rotation. Time. <laughs> Praise God. I'm actually done. Crop rotation. So with that, you, you, you come and plant a seed. I come and plant a seed. He comes and plants a seed. She comes to plant a seed. With that, Try, do, you, do you see what I mean? Like they, they plant the right seed to make that ground conditioned, to receive the right seed that it will grow, yeah, yeah, and actually yield fruit. Praise God. And so the people require from us living water. One of the, the ways that we, we grow the Word of God in people's lives is by pouring water. The Word of God is a seed, right? Praise God. And so one of the ways that we grow the Word of God is by pouring water. And the Bible says it is out of your belly, out of your womb, out of your spirit man will flow rivers of living water. And so your accomplishment in life is not that um, you you chased 500 deals and you got 1,000 deals. You can feel really excited about that. That, oh, you know, you were useful, you were productive today, and all of that. But one day I was going home after the retreat, I was going home, and the Holy Spirit asked me, that was Monday, and he was like, So you feel very accomplished now? I was like, Okay, <laughs> why are you going with this? And he was like, Did you give off living water today? And I was like, Oh my goodness, <laughs> you know, did you give off living water yesterday? The Bible says that out of your your belly shall flow. Do you expect to give up living water? Do you expect to give up living water to your children? Because we make it a bit complicated by our colleagues or employees or whatever. Do you give up living water to your children or do you think it's just a child living? Or you silly child gets into the naughty corner. Do you have a naughty corner in your house or do you have a, a glory corner, for example? Do you have a nurturing corner? What, what's your, your disposition? Praise God. Hallelujah. So it's about paying attention to our spirit mind. There was something Jesus shared with the Samaritan woman. He said, if I give you this water, you will never thirst again. Yes. So God is sending us out to give living water. That will cause people never to thirst again. Like they won't look for solace in anything. They won't look for solace in any idol. They wouldn't look for their identity in the things that money can buy. But they they they, they would drink to their their fill, and they'll keep on passing that living water to anyone that they come in contact with. Praise God. Yeah. Was this simple? Yeah. How you free? Corinthians chapter 4 verse 6 to 10 says that it talks about the God of this world blinding the eyes. Let's read and pray. Second Corinthians 4 6 4. For God who said let light shine out of darkness as shown in our hearts so as to beam forth the light For the illumination of the knowledge of the majesty and glory of God. As it is manifest in the person and is revealed in the face of Jesus Christ the Messiah. So this scripture, so verse 6 has always confused me. Whilst I read it today, God said, He has shown in our hearts for us to beam forth the light. So we are to beam forth the light. Do you see? And verse 7 says what? However, we possess this precious treasure, the divine light of the gospel, in frail human vessels of earth, that the grandeur and exceeding greatness of the power may be shown to be from God and not from ourselves. Verse eight. We are hedged in, pressed on every side, troubled and oppressed in every way, but not cramped or crushed. We suffer embarrassment and are perplexed and unable to find a way out, but not driven to despair. We are pursued, persecuted, and hard driven, but not deserted to stand alone. We are struck down to the ground,
1: but never struck out and
0: destroyed. That was the picture I saw this morning about the priest being down. Always carrying about with the body in our and exposure to the same putting to death that the Lord Jesus suffered so that the resurrection life of Jesus also may be shown forth by and in our bodies. Praise God. Let us pray to God this morning. Thank you for your word, Lord. Go ahead and talk to Him. Thank you. Thank you for shining in our hearts that we may beam forth your light to this generation and to the ones to come, oh God. You promised in your word that out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water. We know that we are life givers. So we decree today that everywhere we go, we will give forth life, O God. We will give forth life. We will give forth life. And they will drink and never thirst again, O God. That everyone we come in contact will experience the reverb of your love. Will experience the reverb of your love, oh God. And we just find every false spirit or rejection. We silence the voice of the accuser over everyone in this place, oh God. And we decree that your word is exalted, your light shines in our hearts, oh God. You are drawing us into intimacy, oh God. You are drawing us into intimacy i to get me Understand that Your loving arms are open wide for us to come and just spend time with You and hear Your 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 calming words, oh God. na That we will not live by bread alone, no, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. And so, Heavenly Father, this morning we just say thank you. Thank you for your word that gives us life. Thank you for your word that provides direction. And we just ask, over that everyone in this place will experience intimacy with you, and your light will shine in the dark in the dark worlds through us, O God, and will give us living water everywhere we are found. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. <laughs>